October 13th, the final day of week one of the NHL 2023-2024 regular season. Week one, we go two and three on the day yesterday, so we come back down below 500 so far on the season, but we'll get that back up here today and give out some picks for tonight's games as well as look ahead to tomorrow's games and maybe even finish off here with uh, some pr some bold predictions for this upcoming season. But if you want to see the picks that we're talking about here, the picks that we gave out throughout the course of the week, you can find all of those over on the BetStamp app as Edgework HQ. Transparency is one of the most important things here on this show and you can make sure that we are being held accountable by finding all of those picks over there on that app. But Additionally, I want to remind people that the easiest way to improve as a sports better is by using multiple sports books and always getting the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like BetStamp. BetStamp compares odds across every sports book for games, futures, and player props. You can save time and money by checking BetStamp before you bet, so make sure to download the app today as well. If you see a book up on the screen here today you don't have yet, Make sure to check out the link in the description, betstamp.app slash edgework. It does help support the show if you're going to sign up for new sports books via there. Now, Matt, got to see you earlier this week. Alex, um, I think the last time we saw you might have had something to do with this. The first overall selection in the 2023 NHL draft belongs to the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, yes, let's fucking go, baby! That's what the fuck I'm talking about. Yes! Yes! Original six teams, so money. I'm so sorry. Let's man. That's, go, that's baby. Congrats, Alex. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. You get to see your reaction to getting Connor Bedard. No so money here today, uh, unfortunately, yeah. so he doesn't get to relive through that moment but uh you've gone through a full summer of hype leading up to Connor Bedard you see him get two points or a couple points through his first two games scores his first career NHL goal how you feeling so far about uh Connor Bedard and his the new era in Chicago so far so good I mean they're they're one and one with him and you look at just how the team just plays with so much more energy right like this isn't that much better of a team from last year okay and the Hawks were dreadful last year but but just the energy and buzz that's surrounding it's not like a, a negative or a takeaway from the rest of the team everybody's just feeding off of it right now you see how their power play is moving everything just moves a little bit better with number 98 on the ice for the chicago blackhawks and, and that's the whole point of when you draft somebody who's a number one overall pick you don't see that with a lot of teams a couple of teams that are trying to wait for some number one picks to come through i think matt knows the team that i'm talking about uh, and you know, it's, you know, you, you, you get so built up over these, <laughs> over these top picks and, you know, but just at the same time, we all have to understand that they're young rookies. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to develop and, and things are going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, and so to see him going through what seemed to be very minimal growing pains through the first two games, it, it, it's been great and it's been refreshing. And I think, uh, most of the Hawks nation are pretty happy with their team so far. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I mean, I wanted to give you an opportunity to relive that moment. Uh, being on the stream was pretty exciting, especially <laughs> yeah. alongside Moretto and So Money, who both sat there feeling as though they had an opportunity to get Connor Bedard, yep. and then you just immediately see it ripped away from them. But uh, let's get into uh, some of the games from last night. So, uh, Matt, we'll go to you first here. Um, we haven't didn't get to hear from you in terms of thoughts of last night's games. So kind of any takeaways that you had from what, what we saw on the ice last night? Yeah, the Rangers are going to go 98-0, not with a single game, all the way to the cup. Um, 
<laughs> no, in all seriousness, it was about as good of an opening night as you could have possibly hoped for. Um, certainly some new yeah. line combinations, putting Lafreniere up with Panarin and Hedl. They scored the first goal of the game. Um, I think you could not have handpicked a better combination to have the first goal of the season than Lafreniere from Panarin. Um, Igor looked pretty good. The penalty kill looked great. Obviously, Kreider got the shorthanded goal in the third. It was certainly a great night for the Rangers. Buffalo, on the other hand, looked a bit sloppy. Um, they looked like you would expect a young team to look a lot of times. Um, but no, it was a great night there. That said, did not win the bet on Columbus, but we don't really need to talk about yeah. that because of how good the Rangers looked. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. We can just gloss over that one because the Rangers were so good. And I mean, so money now, 1-0. 100% ROI. He hasn't even made an appearance on the show. But his his guest pick yesterday from afar so that he submits goes 1-0. So, I mean, good stuff there from so money. I'm sure he'll be happy once he gets back to keep uh, things rolling. Or he's just going to retire and we're never going to see him again. It's going to go one way <laughs> or the other. Um now, Alex, uh, anything from you that you've seen even over the past couple of days? Because this is the first time we're seeing you on the show uh, so far this week. Where are you kind of at in terms of the games that you've seen? Any major takeaways for you so far? Well, I mean, a great lead-in talking about the Rangers that I mentioned about number one draft picks. You know, Lafreniere scoring that first goal. That's got to be a great feeling for him because... For him and Capo Caco, these these are make or break years. You know, everybody's expecting you know these guys to produce some way more than they have, and, and, th and so to get that monkey off your back, be the first goal for the for the new season. I think that's probably a, a, a can be a good omen. Like I said, putting him in, on the yeah. line with Panarin, another guy who we know he has all the talent in the world, but he just needs those pieces around him to really gel together, and, and it takes time with him. I think you know if that if he's not a guy you can plug and play in every spot as good as he is. Once he gets some chemistry molded together, Panarin can work with just about anybody. So I think that's a, a formidable line, and that's a great win against a Buffalo team that looked sloppy in that first game, but I, I still think they're going to be a, a live team and a, and a decent team that could make a, a run for the playoffs. And, you know, we can't overreact to some of these games. Even looking at Seattle last night, this is a team that you know I picked in the you know preseason to win it all. And, you know, first game, okay, you get dummied a little bit by the Vegas Golden Knights who are coming off of, you know, celebrating their first Stanley Cup win. And they look like they aren't going to miss a beat in that first game. So you kind of write that off. They're probably going to do that to most everybody they play. You get shut out against a Nashville team that just did not have offensive chemistry at all in that first game. They were, the only reason they even got three goals against Tampa because they're playing a, a goaltender who really shouldn't even be in the NHL, Jonas Johansson. Uh, <laughs> and you turn around and shut down, you know, Seattle just get nothing going, nine shots through 40 minutes. That's unacceptable. And I, I can see where a lot of people probably, you know, cause for concern after that kind of a loss, but there's still just, you know, 80 games left to go. There's a lot that can happen. We can't overreact. So I think Seattle's still going to be in great shape despite having uh, a couple of rough games to start the season. All right. There yeah. you go. Some takeaways. And just, sorry, one more note quickly on Panarin, because he kind of touched on it briefly. Like, now being with Hedl and Lafreniere, it's probably the best two line mates. Certainly the best line mates he's ever had in New York. It's probably the best line mates he's had in the NHL dating back to when he was with Prime Patrick Kane in Chicago. Um, so not only for Lafreniere, it's a big year getting to play with Panarin and right now Philip Hedl, but it's a big year for Panarin getting the best line mates he's ever had. Like, he was good the last few years, but he very much struggled down the stretch, struggled in the playoffs. So it's certainly a big year for him, too, where he could potentially have a career here. Well, 
If you are in the chat right now, uh, enjoying the show, please make sure to hit that like button. If you're here for the first time and you haven't hit subscribe yet, subscribe here to Edgework HQ as well as turn on notifications so you get notified every time that we go live Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. If you have chat uh, questions, please make sure to send those in the chat as well. We'll try to get to them throughout the course of the show here today. Let's get to the games here tonight. Uh, first and foremost, let's go to the Arizona Coyotes, New Jersey Devils game. Um, we're looking at a Coyotes team. In my opinion, I think that they're going to be good amount better, like a good step forward from where they were last year. You're looking at some additions in Dumba, Zucker, Sean Dur uh, Dursey, Kerfoot from like a veteran standpoint, but then you've also already got some of your young guys in there. Keller, Hayton, Logan Cooley, Lawson Krause kind of still there. Vimelka still in as your goaltender in Arizona. We're seeing Turnier uh, getting a lot of love for the Jack Adams conversation leading into this season. Alex, do you think that the Coyotes are going to be better? you think that they're going to be able to put up more of a fight against a lot of these teams? Where you kind of stand on them coming into this season and specifically in this matchup tonight against New Jersey who's coming into this one off of back-to-back? -back? Yeah, it's interesting because I heard a lot of people in the offseason saying they're really liking, you know, Arizona's a dark horse in the West. And I'm just looking at this lineup thinking, I don't really quite see that. But I do see some improvement. Yeah. Uh, they have a great rookie of their own, Logan Cooley. Uh, who I got to watch a lot of last year with the University of Minnesota. He is just absolutely electric. And I think his transition to the league is going to be a lot quicker than most people think. I mean, we saw the, you know, the, the, the moves and the hat trick that he had in the, the Australia game. He had a couple of other great uh, looks as well in preseason. So I think he's going to be a star. And I think he might be someone, you know, everybody's running to, you know, go to the, the window with Bedard to win the, the Calder. I think Logan Cooley, I saw nine to one. Uh, that's a, a price that I grabbed. I think that's a decent pick. I think he should definitely be, if he stays healthy, he should be one of the three finalists uh, for that award. So Arizona will be good. Vimelka, I'm still I'm still questionable. You're not a I believer. Mean, he, <laughs> I'm not a believer. He's done a, tr a tremendous amount of work considering the defense in front of him and, and, and just that whole makeup of that team, right? And, you know, there were a lot of games where they couldn't press offensively. So they know they were going, he knew he, knew he was going to see 40, 45 shots most nights. And he had to be prepared for that. And that's that's a, a lot to ask of any goaltender of any caliber, honestly. So now that there's a better team in front of him, is he the guy that can continue to steal games? Or has this heavy workload with you know weaker teams, maybe he doesn't have that great of a star right away. So I want to get a couple of starts you know, to watch and wait and see uh, before making any moves on Arizona. I think this is a team that, yeah, they are growing and going in the right direction. But I would just hold off a little bit on, on considering them a dark horse for a wild card or anything like that. Yeah, I think that's fair. And Matt, you and I were going back and forth yesterday talking about this Coyotes game. We kind of saw it out around 230 uh, on a bunch of books. Now it's down into 210. Like, do you have any interest at all in getting behind Arizona? Are you kind of in the, uh, let's let's wait it out, give them a couple games kind of sit, spot? I'm kind of in the same boat of just kind of wait it out. I want to see how this team looks. Um, yeah. Back to kind of the point on Vimelka, like two years ago, he really struggled. Now, how much of that was due to the team in front of him? How much of that was him? Last year, he played pretty good, albeit again for a very bad team. I, I don't know what he is. Um, he could actually be a relatively good goalie. I know we get a positive goal saved above expected last year for, again, a very bad team. They got some offseason additions come in. Like This should be the best team that's been in front of him by a pretty wide margin. That said, it is still a very young team. They're working in a lot of new players. Obviously, they brought in some veterans in the offseason as well. 
So I don't know. This is one of those teams I kind of touched on the other day. Like they're working in a lot of new pieces. Yeah, it could gel together very quickly, but I do kind of want to give it a little bit of time to see how they kind of mesh. Um, I'm not overly interested in this game tonight. If anything, I'm actually um, looking to bet the over, but I don't have much of an interest um, in this game at this point. All right. There you go. So I guess nothing in this game here between uh, Arizona and New Jersey. Any final thoughts here on this on this matchup specifically here tonight, Alex, before we move on? No, like I said, it's an interesting game, and, and it's one you want to watch and wait for. I mean, obviously, you know, we're not going to be laying uh, prices of 235 and higher too often, I think, any of us on, on this show, uh, unless circumstances dictate that. And, you know, you if you like Arizona, you think they're going to be one of these dark horse teams, and you're getting a great price between plus 195 and 210, as you see on the Edgework uh, screen right there. This is, uh, you know, a good spot to get them, because if, if they are going to be as good as advertised or as good as a lot of people think, you won't be getting a lot of plus 210s, plus 200s, plus 190s early in the year with this team. I think the books will make a mm-hmm. quicker adjustment than they will with some others. All right. Well, we'll move on from this game here. Again, if people have questions in the chat, make sure to send them over. Uh, we'll get to those throughout the course of the show here today. But final game here for tonight, only two on this Friday. Uh, we're going to get the battle of Pittsburgh and Washington. Washington currently sitting plus 107. You see Pittsburgh minus 118. Now, you obviously do have to shop around for some of these prices to make sure you're getting the best price, and you can do that using the BetStamp app, so make sure to head over there to uh, Line Shop, and if you don't have some of these sports books that you're looking at on screen, betstamp.app slash edgework, but Matt, you do have a look in this game here tonight that you have some interest in. Uh, which side would you be looking to back, and uh, why is that? Yeah, I played the Capitals here. Um I think they're generally being underrated by the market at this point. I actually thought they may open as a small favorite around the minus 110 or so range, minus 115. Um, I just think they're being generally underrated by the market as a whole. I think what we saw from Pittsburgh the other night, not a whole lot to inspire much confidence against a, sorry, very bad Blackhawks team. Um, that's pretty much all it comes down to is I think this price may be actually flipped. Um, and I think the capitals are kind of being thought of as an afterthought at this point where I don't see a massive difference between these two teams, at least at this point. Um, so yeah, I'm on the capitals. It's definitely a smaller play and I'm definitely interested to kind of see how this all plays out. But again, it's just, I, I just can't get to them as underdogs um, at this point. For the sake of the show here, uh, Matt, and just tracking this, you want to go like half unit on this? All right. Yeah, I went half unit on this. Okay, so we'll track Capitals plus 107, half unit here tonight on the money line. Uh, Now, Alex, would you be interested in this side? You support Matt's take in terms of uh, being behind Washington here tonight? In this particular spot, I don't I don't mind it. As far as the season goes, absolutely not. I'm not high on Washington. I actually have them uh, as a team that's going to make a, a pr- pretty steep decline. Where Pittsburgh, you know, they made all these big moves. They got Carlson. You know, all the veterans are, are solidified for the next couple of years. They're making their final run toward the Stanley Cup. I don't know if they're going to even be, you know, in the mix. It's going to be a wild card team if they make the playoffs. They're not certainly not going to be one of the top three teams in my eyes in that division. Uh, but I, I think Pittsburgh has a, a better team overall than Washington, but I could see where maybe Washington comes out a little hot, this, you know, home opener against a team that is a rival of theirs. There's always been the big battles back and forth, the, you know, Crosby Ovechkin series that they've always tried to hype up. So there, you know, there's a animosity there. Tom Wilson getting back on the ice, you know, first regular season game. I could see where Washington might win this game. If this was middle of the year. I'd probably be all over Pittsburgh. 
All right. Now, there you go. Those are our uh, games for today. We do have one official pick. I'll recap everything at the very end as well as always. Um, so we'll just take a quick look here, but we're taking the Washington Capitals money line plus 107 for a half unit. Now, with a massive slate ahead of us tomorrow here, we want to run through some of those, look at any games that we'd be uh, having some interest in as of right now maybe looking ahead to some games that we're not really quite there yet but we'd be looking for a number so i'll give the floor over to you guys matt we'll start with you any games for tomorrow that you'd be interested in betting on you have your eye on as of right now or you maybe are just waiting for numbers to come into range for tomorrow's full slate of games yeah um definitely kind of waiting to see where a lot of these open kind of going off some openers here the one that caught my eye was winnipeg um I saw the minus 110 at home versus Florida. I think they're frankly better than Minnesota or maybe will be better than Minnesota. The market certainly doesn't seem to think so. Um, it looks like they actually have moved up a little bit now, kind of looking at that. Um, even those minus 115s, minus 120s, I think I'd still like there. I Again, I think Winnipeg's a team I'm generally very high on coming into the year. They actually played pretty well the other night in Calgary, albeit they ended up losing um, on a late goal. And Florida right now, I mean, they talked about it yesterday. The injuries that this team is dealing with right now, it's just not the same team that was in the Stanley Cup final. It's not the same team that we're going to see come the middle of the season. So I think if you're looking to kind of fade Florida early in the season, it's definitely a time to do it. And you maybe still be getting a little bit of that Stanley Cup runner-up um, factored into some of these prices. But yeah, that was the first one that caught my eye. It was Winnipeg. All right. Do you want to we'll track these here? We'll go Winnipeg minus 110 here. Yeah, minus 110, I would play for a full unit. Okay, and how far out would you allow this to go? Like, let's say someone watches this later today, or maybe they stumble upon this tomorrow morning. They're looking across the board, looking for some numbers to become available. What's kind of your end point that you would play on Winnipeg money line for, uh, for this game against the Panthers? Yeah, I think the minus 110, minus 115, probably for a full play. Once it gets over 120, maybe 125 for a half, that's probably about where I'd cut it, is 125. Okay. Yeah, I think, and that's, that's a solid pick. I kind of like that as well. I think, like I said, fading Florida early is a good spot. Even though, and and I was on Minnesota, uh, in in that last game. That's just a spot I liked because of them. Their record in home openers is solid. Uh, but yeah, Florida, like I said, you know, they're gonna have more of the Stanley Cup hangover than uh, Vegas will, and, and missing those guys, couple of guys on the back end and Ekblad and Montour, that's really gonna show up, especially against those upper echelon teams. And Alex, where are you looking for tomorrow? Anything that's caught your eye so far that's just kind of popped out in terms of what, what's being opened at this point? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't really look at a lot of uh, puck line bets like I used to as far as full game goes, but I like that uh, Boston and Nashville game tomorrow. I think the Bruins are alive to cover that one and a half. And like I said, it, it's predicated mostly on Nashville. I'm not, you know, thrilled with what I've seen from Nashville so far. Like, you know, they, they were able to trade some goals late in that game against Tampa Bay, but I could say against a, a Lightning team that I think is uh, a bit overrated this year with, with some issues in the net. And then you turn around, like I said, they beat a, a Seattle team that just seemed to be out of sorts. Sorrows can steal a game for you at any given point. So that that's something you always have to worry about. But maybe Sorrows doesn't go here against Boston. We're not sure yet. We'll have to wait for the confirmation. But either way, I think Boston said wasn't really thrilled with, with how they looked against Chicago. I thought that they were going to really put the screws to the Hawks, to be honest. I thought it was going to be more of a back-and-forth game. They pulled away late, but this this kind of slept walk through some of those uh some moments in that contest. I think we see a more spirited effort and a big Boston win here. So I would be looking at that puck line uh anywhere in that plus one forty seven range. 
Okay. Um, would you want to lock this in right now? You want to wait till later, or is this kind of just like a? I would. I would go on and lock this in for. I would lock this in for a half unit. Okay, so we'll take Bruins minus one and a half, plus one forty-seven there for tomorrow's game against the Nashville Predators. So we'll lock that in right now. Um, as you do that, there is a question in the chat here from Insider. Uh, uh, game thrown out here. Wings plus money at home to the Lightning. Matt, uh, you have any interest in this game? Any thoughts on the Red Wings plus money right now? Yeah, so it's funny. So I know we were kind of talking offline yesterday, and I kind of made a case for the Red Wings. I actually ended up playing the Red Wings last night, both puck line and the money line against the Devils. I thought they actually looked pretty good for a portion of that game. Um, they got killed by Jack Hughes. Obviously, a couple power play goals in there. But for the most part, they they hung with them for a lot of the game. Um, I think I'm not on an island here, but I'm very high on the Red Wings, I think, going into this year compared to the market. Um, I think they're a lot closer to that Sabres-Senators tier than they're being priced, frankly. I would have loved to back them in this spot. I was not expecting them to be this short of bouts, however. Um, and at this point, like I'm almost closer to Tampa Bay, I think, than I am to Detroit. That said, I, I'm looking to play Detroit a lot early. I think if you look at last year, especially like over the first half of the year, Billy Husso was a league average goalie. After December, he fell off the face of the earth and obviously dealt with some injuries late. But I think especially like if you're looking to back the Red Wings, I think you may get a lot of spots in the first half of the season to do it. I'm just not necessarily sure this is one. I think I was looking to play Detroit at maybe 135 and up. Obviously, that's not going to happen. If anything, it's gone the other way. But like you talked about the other day, I think Tampa may be a bit undervalued at this point. I think people are still expecting that Jonas Johansson may be the goalie that we saw from 2019 to 2022, where again, last year, he frankly played pretty well in his limited time. He played okay the other night. Like I, I just don't know necessarily that he's going to be the same awful goalie that he's been. So that's kind of where I am with wait and see with Tampa Bay, because if he can even be like an average backup goalie, this team is being underpriced at these current prices from like this, from the other night. Um, right. So this is very much a kind of wait and see mode for me. How quickly do you think that that adjusts then? Uh, like, like we're going to sit here and say, wait and see, but how, how fast do you know that this guy is going to be an average backup goaltender? How quickly do you know that he actually is going to be a guy where we're identifying that these prices are short on Tampa? And then how do you kind of react to that yourself with your own betting, even just for people out there who are going to be sitting here kind of wondering how they respond themselves? Yeah. Um, I don't know that necessarily a right or wrong answer here for me personally, like the most games he's ever played in a season in the NHL looks like it's nine. I'm kind of waiting <laughs> for maybe four to six games. Be, and then also like, he's always been a backup. He's never been playing back-to-back yeah. -back games. He's always had a week off in between games, a couple weeks, you name it. So I do kind of want to see how he does maybe playing a couple games in a row. Maybe he hits a rhythm and starts playing a little bit better, just playing a little more often. Maybe it goes the completely the other way. Um, but it is a completely new spot that he's obviously never been in. Like, Look, I'm not expecting him to be like serviceable Vasilevsky replacement. But at the same time, like they have so much talent on that roster that maybe that is something that they can overcome for now. And again, like if they, he gets, gives them league average backup goaltending, like that's good enough for this Tampa team, I think. Yeah, if, if he can if he can rise to the level of league, league average backup, that would be uh, wonderful news for Tampa Bay because of the fact that they can't even make any kind of moves to you know rectify the situation until Vasilevsky gets back. Unfortunately. I don't think that's the case. I mean, the one note that I have kind of stuck to Jonas Johansson is when he got traded from Buffalo to Colorado, 
It was a Buffalo uh, writer who said in 19 years he had never seen a goaltender in that system worse than Jonas Johansson. Said that he was horrible in practice, just as he was horrible in games, and that has always stuck with me. And all we've ever seen from two stints in in Colorado, uh, and even the goals that he let in against Nashville, like I said, that's not an offensive high power team. Were soft goals. He he does not seem to be anywhere near league average. I had at the beginning of the year a forty cent drop off between Vasilevsky uh, and, and Johansson in, in my rankings, and, and pretty much you know dead space anything after that. So uh, not only will they have to rely on Johansson because he's the best of what they got. I don't believe in at all in Matt Tompkins whatsoever. I know you know great reports out of camp and things of that nature, but he was a Hawks draft pick and hardly ever made the AHL teams until they just ran out of goaltenders and they had to put them in there. Uh, so the goaltending situation in Tampa is dire until 88 gets back in net. And uh, I would probably look to play Detroit here. Tampa Bay has owned Detroit over the years, too. It's like 26 and 7 uh, going back, you know, all these different years. They had playoff battles and, and they were, you know, back and forth. Other than that, most of the regular season matchups have been all predicated toward the Bolts. This is a much better uh, Detroit team, as Matt mentioned. And I think this is a much weaker Tampa Bay team. I think the Tampa Bay team more than likely misses the playoffs because, like you said, you're talking about 25, 30 games without Vasilevsky. That's a tough deal to ask for, especially when you don't have even an average goaltender in net on a given night. So you, you don't have anyone to steal you games. Your defense has to steal you games. Now, if you start working uh, Hedman and Sergachev in that blue line out when Vasilevsky gets back and he's not ready, you're still screwed. So Tampa Bay is in a world of trouble, and even at, at a shorter price, yeah, I'd love to get plus 120 or 125. I'd go with Detroit in that, in that game at home. All right, well, there's some thoughts on tomorrow's game. We'll leave it off uh, off of the best bet board here for tomorrow. But uh, continuing on, another game that I see come up here in the chat, uh, Luke Goder's asking, thoughts on Canes minus 120 tomorrow night? We see the Canes uh, beat the Senators the other night, 5-3. to three. You're going to roll into this game here tomorrow at L.A., uh, currently sitting minus 118, even best price out there. The Kings plus 108. Where do you guys kind of stand on this uh, on this Canes team and where they're at, how they're built right now, especially even going in at this price against the Kings uh, tomorrow night there, Matt? Yeah, I think I lean to the Canes here. Um, I know personally I'm a little low on the Kings. We kind of talked about it the other night. Again, you're working in a big piece like Dubois. It's going to take a little time. Certainly not a player I'm high on as a whole, so that doesn't necessarily help. Um, I mean, the Canes are an elite team, and I think anytime you can kind of get a price like this, minus 120, not on short rest or anything, it's certainly appealing. Again, I just don't really know what to make of the Kings quite yet. I think they actually looked relatively good at 5-on-5 the other night. They went against Colorado, who's obviously very elite themselves. Um, but no, I, I can certainly get behind uh, Canes at minus, I see, minus 118, minus 120 here. Yeah. Alex, any thoughts from you on this one? I'd look at Carolina, uh, eight and one last nine meetings. Uh, you know, that's something to kind of take into note when you have these cross conference matchups. Uh, usually it, it has to be, it's predicated on maybe you know, starting of a road trip or middle of a road trip when you're talking about uh, cross country in this situation. And that can also dictate the uh, the handicap. But I, I would lean toward Carolina. Both teams are fresh. I'm not as high on the Kings like I have in the last couple of years. I think that Copley and Talbot tandem is going to be a bit rough. They're going to have to upgrade that at some point, especially if Copley can't get back to where he was last season. So I would, I would lean with the, the Canes there at a pretty short price. Now, Matt, final game that I know that you have before we get into uh, bold predictions to close this one out. You were kind of looking towards the uh, the Habs game tomorrow night. Uh, 
Why is it that you're looking towards uh, the Montreal game? What side is you feel like price is short? Are you looking for a side total? What is it that you're looking at here? Yeah, I think this kind of goes back to the fact that I'm just higher on Montreal than the market seems to be at this point. Um, I saw this open minus 130 at some spots. I would have played that for sure. I think this is good up somewhere around minus 150. Um, Chicago, we went over this. They have very little talent on that roster outside of Bedard. Obviously, they just lost Taylor Hall as well. Um, not to mention, how often do you see a road three and four to start the season? after playing two pretty good teams in Boston and obviously Pittsburgh. Um, Montreal, we said they always played Toronto close, and they looked pretty good the other night. Honestly, they should have won the game. Um, I just, I'm so much higher on Montreal than the market seems to be. I'm happy to lay, I see minus 130 best price, a lot of minus 135 right now. I'm happy to lay that against the Chicago team that frankly has been carried by uh, Mrazek and, sorry, I don't even remember the name of the backup goalie that played the other night against Boston. Um, Soderblom that both played terrific, but that's just not going to last. And this team is going to get probably peppered all year defensively. And Montreal, I like I said, I'm high on Montreal. So that's certainly the side I'd be looking to here. All right. Lock yeah, that I in mean, there. The, now, Alex, this is facing your Hawks. Your thoughts on this? Well, and of course, you know, all bias aside. And honestly, I probably would have looked more toward Montreal in this spot if it was more closer to a pick and price. But like I said, you know, I think a lot of people are looking at, okay, the Hawks have just come off a, you know, a couple of really tough teams and like I said, losing Taylor Hall. So that makes sense money coming in on on Montreal, but I'm not trusting the Habs that much. Uh, Their goaltending situation is not that great either. Montembeau has certainly made big strides. I just don't know if he's ready to be that full number one guy. He played a lot of minutes last year. I just want to see how, how fresh he looks now. Jake Allen is, Certainly not that guy. His, his St. Louis days are well past him. I wouldn't be shocked at some point if he ends up getting moved to just outright waved if he can't figure his game out sooner than later. So uh, Hawks have been pesky. You know, like I said, they're still a bad team. Yeah, but Morazic has played well in his first game. Soderblom looked good in his first game. Those are things that will certainly not last. You just wonder if Morazic can stay healthy. Uh, uh, not only as long as playing the you know good or bad games every night, uh, but I would lean a little bit toward the Hawks. I want to see the next man up mentality in this game with Taylor Hall out. I would love to see Connor Bedard. I thought he was going to get his first goal here in this spot uh, going back, but he already got it in Boston. Let's see if we can get two uh, here with this one. So I, I would be leaning a little bit toward the Hawks. I think they got a lot more momentum now than they would if this game was taking place maybe four, three or four weeks from now once things kind of settle and regress to form for the Hawks. All right. Uh, and final one, I see another uh, comment in the chat here. We got Flames plus money against the Pens on a back-to-back. Now, uh, Alex, I'll go to you first in terms of thoughts on the Penguins here. Kind of your thoughts on where they're at this season, how high, how low you are on them, because I know we talked about it the other day, Matt, uh, with Alex Moretto on the show. So I'll kind of go to you first, Alex. Your thoughts on where the Penguins are at and maybe going against them here with the uh, Calgary team coming in at plus money. Yeah, I mean that would that would be a decent look. Like I said, this, this you know this game that they're they're playing tonight uh, with the Capitals, it's, it's a little bit of a rivalry. That I think that's a game they'd be more fired up to play Washington than they would Calgary, just off of just sheer you know uh, you know it's a division game, it's a rival. So I think you could maybe grab some some decent value there with Calgary. And I think you know Calgary looks solid. If Jacob Markstrom can finally overcome, although he did give up another early bad goal. Uh, in, in that first game against Winnipeg. But if he can limit that and, and kind of, you know, stay focused, not even limit that, okay, you're going to give up some some bad goals early. That happens. You catch a guy off guard. But if he can rally back mentally 
and stay in the game and, and, and make big saves from there on out. Put that one goal bes- beside him if he, may, if he gives it up early. Don't let it harbor, and then all of a sudden, now here you are, you're only making 10 saves, and you've given up three before the period's over. Yeah. If he can get past that, then Calgary will go pretty far. And I love the fact now that you know Sutter's out of there. This is a team that's playing a lot faster. The defensemen are jumping in on the rush. Uh, you know, you look at the, the point sheet. We saw what a, you know, I think four different defensemen with at least a couple points in, in that five-three win. So that's a those are good signs for Calgary. Yeah, Matt. I mean, we talked about Moretto and I were pretty low on where the Penguins were at. I think we were much lower than where you were. But in a spot with Calgary at plus money, would you maybe be able to get behind that even with Pittsburgh minus ten right now as best price available? Yeah, that's certainly the way I'd look. I mean, I I really wanted to get involved in the game the other night. The fact is, I'm high on the very high on the Jets, but I'm also pretty high on the Flames for a lot of the reasons that were just mentioned. Um, right, Penguins. I was high. I do think it's going to take a little bit of time, um, obviously, to work Carlson and the power play looked very disjointed. I don't think that's something that's immediately going to be solved in the next two games. The Flames were relatively outplayed the other night. Markstrom obviously played really well. I think he's, like you said, in store for a rebound season for sure. So that's definitely the way I would look with the Flames at plus money. All right. Um, now, final one that I see here in the chat that came up. So we'll get to this before we move on. Now, you're going to get the rematch of Vancouver Edmonton Vancouver obviously thumps Edmonton game one eight to one that they play against each other you're getting Vancouver here on the road at Edmonton plus 173 right now you see uh, the Oilers at minus 190 Matt is this a spot for the uh, for the Oilers get right rebound you're not going to uh, take lightly what happened to you the other day and maybe stay away uh, from where this game is as a whole would you maybe look for a a total in this one what are your thoughts on the uh, Canucks Oilers rematch yeah I mean it certainly has a kind of all the makings of a get right spot for the Oilers um I I don't necessarily know who's going to be in net for Vancouver I don't know if Demko's still puking in his mask or whatnot or sorry the Canucks <laughs> um but yeah this isn't a game I have a whole lot of interest in getting involved in other than I'd like to see if Edmonton can finally get semi-decent goaltending from whoever um, but no, I, I'm, I certainly don't have a whole lot of interest in getting involved here. Any interest in you, Alex? Gut feeling would actually be to play the under. Uh, I would expect a much tighter game after, uh, you know, when you see eight goals and, and, and Edmonton's that kind of team that would be able to rally around and at least, uh, you know, kind of cut, cut the fat and stop the bleeding a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I, no, no interest, like I said, completely priced out sidewise from Edmonton. So. Uh, definitely seems like it would be a, a, a perfect get-right spot for them, but I would lean toward that under getting plus money. That's something you're not going to see uh, too often and, and hear too often, Edmonton unders uh, throughout the year. All right, now let's close this one out. Those are all the picks uh, for today leading into tomorrow as well, so we'll recap those at the very end of the show. But before we get to that, um, I asked you guys to come prepared today. It is Friday the 13th, specifically in October here, so, you know, uh, it's traditionally things are supposed to get weird on Friday the 13th. So Alex, let's go to you first and foremost, give out a freaky bold prediction for this upcoming season, whether it's a player, uh, an award points, totals, a team, whatever it is, what do you got for us? All right. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you a team look and you know, creepy things tend to happen at night you know, late at night. And most of the times, uh, one of the teams you'll end up watching late at night, especially if you live in the, the east or central time zones, is the San Jose Sharks. And they already are playing nightmare hockey. They they, they look horrific. 
And I'm looking at their schedule between now and American Thanksgiving, which is November 23rd. They would have played 19 games. I think this team only wins two out of those 19 games. They look that bad. They're an absolute disaster, top to bottom. You know, their goaltending has to be the worst in the league. You got Capo Cockinen, who is a cast off from Minnesota, who is basically an AHL starter at best. Mackenzie Blackwood, who just could not get his head on straight in New Jersey. And then when he when he did figure it out, he just constantly got hurt. So uh, this is a, a team with no talent whatsoever, very little depth. And uh, I'd be stunned if they were able to get more than two victories between now and November 23rd. Okay. Uh, Matt? The Rangers going 98-0. That's the <laughs> that's obviously the one you came out here on with to start the show here today. But uh, what do you, what do you got for us for your uh, bold, your bold freaky prediction for this year? Yeah, ninety eight and no. Panarin wins the heart. Igor Vezna, <laughs> Adam Fox, Norris again. You know all the works. They just clean um, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I actually do have a small bet on Panarin to win the heart at something like two hundred to one for what it's worth. Um, I don't think the Bruins make the playoffs. I've mentioned this a couple times. They've just lost so much up front. Their their D looks great still. Obviously, they bring back Olmark, but I do expect some sort of regression from Olmark, who had the season of his career last year. Um, again, we talked about Pasternak scored 60. He's an elite player. It is very hard to do that in back-to-back years. Um, they're not going to have a whole lot of ammo to go out and make like acquisitions of the trade deadline either. Like they don't have a pick in the first three rounds this year. So I think this roster is not going to get a whole lot better over the course of the year. That said, they still have an elite top line. Their D looks great. Their goalie looks great. I just think there's so many other teams that are in that mix in the Eastern conference, as we discussed between Buffalo, between Ottawa, Pittsburgh, you name it. Like there's just so many other teams that could, I think sneak by them. Um, but yeah, it's it's plus money for a reason. But no, I have um, quite a bit on the Bruins to miss the playoffs, plus 300, plus 250 around there. I just think this team's going to struggle and be a lot closer to the team two years ago when they snuck in as a wild card team um, and lost to Carolina in round one than they will to a team that finished top of the division last year. Right. I was I was high on, on Austin regressing last year, and uh, that, that just made me look like a fool. So I, I wish you luck, Matt, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember going into the season and uh, ending shows, doing recaps, and Alex and So Money were both on the side of uh, Bruins under points, Bruins yep. missing playoffs, playoffs all, all these yeah. things, and we had to sit down and go through that with them. But um, we do also have a guest pick. I know Moretto gave one out for So Money the other day, so I'm sure that he saw him go one and zero, and basically sat there saying. Uh, all right, now it's time for me to not go on the show and give out picks because if that happened, if so money could do it, Moretto could too. So the one Moretto has submit- sent here that he wanted to be a part of and wanted this out on record, Jonathan Juran will go over his career high of 53 points and records at least 70 plus this season. So Druin to record 70 plus points this year. Um, that was Moretto's ghost prediction. I actually kind of like that. I could support that. Um, I think that that's fairly realistic, especially with uh, some of the opportunities he's going to get in Colorado. We see him, I mean, as much as you want to look into narratives, but you see him talking about the opportunity that he's getting. He doesn't want to waste this now going to Colorado. It's probably one of the best teams and uh, groups that he's going to be playing with throughout his time in the NHL. It's one of those ones where 
much like even I just would relate to like Bertuzzi gets that opportunity here with Matthews uh, and Marner on the first line in Toronto. Like you want to take advantage of those when you get up there and look at Lafreniere jumping in, playing, getting the opportunity to play with Panarin. Like you don't want to let these pass you by. This could be an opportunity for Drew in here. So 70 plus, I like that. I like that. Uh, I do have one myself here. Um, I'm going back. I'm going to the Leafs. I, that's where that's where I know best. Uh, but I'm going with Austin Matthews is putting up 60 plus uh, this season again. We saw him regress back down to 40 last year. Uh, that's I just think is going to be the very low end of where his scoring will be at through kind of the prime of his career when he has these down swings and down years. Obviously, later on we could we'll probably see a drop below that. But for these slower years, 40. I think he's at least around a 50-goal guy each time, and the way that we saw him kind of come out uh, in Game 1 against Montreal, he scored three goals three different ways. I think that he took over the title in the NHL as the best goal scorer in the NHL right now. I think he deserves that over McDavid, and I know McDavid is capable of putting up a high number of points, but actual goal scoring, I think that that, that uh, title belongs to Austin Matthews, and I think he's putting up 60-plus uh, this year. That's my prediction for uh, for this year. I do love you waiting until Matthews has a hat trick. Moretta waiting until <laughs> point in game one. Alex waiting until the Sharks lose their first game. And I'm out here picking a team to miss the playoffs that won their first game, I think, 4-1, to 3-1 to one in the end. So Love how love the yeah, start we're this year. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly the one out here looking like an idiot while you guys are like, oh, let's do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well. There's our predictions. Uh, if you like them, make sure to uh, like this stream. Subscribe here to the channel as well. If you're watching this back after, you can comment below and let us know your predictions. I'd be interested to read through some of those and hear those. But uh, as always, if you do like the stream, make sure to like this stream, subscribe to the channel, and turn on notifications. As for what our, uh, our picks are going into tonight and this weekend, a quick recap here. We're looking at the Washington Capitals money line plus 107 for a half unit there. We're going to take the Winnipeg Jets minus 110 money line tomorrow night against the Florida Panthers for a full unit. The Boston Bruins puck line minus one and a half plus 147 against the Nashville Predators half unit there. And finally, the Montreal Canadiens money line minus 130 for a full unit against the Chicago Blackhawks. So quickly there, Capitals money line plus 107 half unit Jets. Money line, minus 110, full unit. Bruins puck line, plus 147, half unit. And then finally, Montreal Canadiens, money line, full unit there. So those are our picks. Matt, Alex, thank you guys for taking the time to do this here this yeah. morning. Uh, everyone in the chat, thank you guys for coming out as always. Hopefully you enjoyed the show here on this Friday. Enjoy the games here tonight. Enjoy the massive slate of games that we have for throughout the day here tomorrow on Saturday. Uh, good luck on your bets, and let's have a day.